0: So, um, like I said, so it's going to be like a bread and butter cases as you might see in the emergency room about regarding to eye and then E and T. These are the topics that we to be covering for half an hour. impaction, serum and epitaxis, foreign body in ear, in nose, in eye, dental block, just one or two that might be helpful, um, conjunctivitis and iritis that um, you just got lectured, so I'm going to just mention it a little bit. So the tools that you guys got, either pictures or whatever it is, it will come up during this talk, and you need to figure out how to use it regarding to this topic. Yeah? You can give it away. If the second, the one that just walked in, you want some? You can give it away if you have two. So you can give it to oh. the back. Alright, so you have some idea how to use it to resolve some problems here?
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the so the first one is the impact sermon. Um, how okay, how you guys how many methods or how do you guys help? Okay, first of all, what are indications to remove the impact sermon? Do you normally just hmm? Hearing loss. Hearing loss. Pain. Pain. Visualization. So if you visualize it, then you remove it? No, no, no. no. If you can't visualize it. For well, visualizing the TM. Good. So those are basically the three, the three indications that you would want to do. Not like patient come in, oh you know, the doctors they have like a lot of ear wax. Can you remove it? No, not those kind in the emergency department. So these are uh, I forgot to. So Max, you were showing, what are you going to do with that?
1: Sport some warm saline
0: in there. Warm saline, okay, you think you need something else to go with that?
1: Yes.
0: Yeah, I don't, oh, So that <laughs> you can use for, take it out, secure it. So what is going to be contraindication well, um, if you're going to use that? I didn't have a picture, kidney basin. Okay, so Karen us the cure. So what would be, what would be the contraindication that you cannot use? You cannot use this. Like per per. Patient doesn't hold host still, especially in kids <laughs> So you probably not uh, want to like perf the T M. So how are you gonna use that one? Uh, warm water?
1: Yeah, warm water. You probably need something to connect it, I guess. Yeah, really?
0: Yeah, so you can use NGO cast. you can use like a little tube from like a butterfly or just cut it short, and then you can use a warm fluid to irrigate it. Um, and then someone else has. Oh no! So this is actually come from family medicine literature. It said there's many ways of removing impact cerumen. One is the irrigation one, proved to be effective. The manual removal, the one that you have, proved to be effective. The one that um, sometimes we order it and we ask them to get for is a ceraminolytics. It's actually interesting that it's not superior when compared to saline or water. So you basically can just use saline or water into it. That's not need to ask for something fancy. Um, Some of the contraindication, the major one is you cannot do is if you think, or you know that the patient have perforated TM, or anything equivalent. If they have tube, like tympanostomy tube in there, or, um, or if they have any surgery that you know you might think that it could be some kind of a medication from a TM, then you would what, not want to do it. Warm water is a key. What would happen if you do, like, cold or? You, you induce the cold. The- you'll, hit the, you'll, you'll make the patient hit you really I much, mean, I'm and I'm then I'm you have to I'm treat good. for the vertigo <laughs> later on. <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you have a patient? Wait, well, was so even like room,
1: te- like our room temperature water is also like pretty cold, and he was like.
0: I said he just come to the E. D. And then the patient returned from <laughs> vertigo.
1: No he went cold opposite.
0: <laughs> Another trick is, um, after you finish removing the earwax, you know, sometimes you put like water or anything in it, just make sure that you can, if you have, you can do the final rinse with the acidic, acid solution. So this will help to decrease otitis, otitis external. So this might help. The other thing that you would want to do is to make, to make sure is you dry the external, external auditory canal. Sorry, I can't talk to that. Um, so that's simple. Yes.
1: Um, I've read in some paper or literature about using colace drops and Mm -hmm. the colace tablet, taking and putting a syringe in there, sucking that out, and then putting a plastic syringe and putting it in there, and that can use can be used. Do you remember? Um,
0: I did not. I think it will fall into the same categories as a similar laxative because if you.
2: Some water
0: affinity and some oil affinity. Yeah. Um, it works pretty well. If you, if you go
2: to the store and buy Solumenex, it's not a clearly mm-hmm. substance. So anything that has that property could work.
0: Mm-hmm. It turns out colase is one of those things
1: that has both hydrophilic and um, was hydrophobic. Okay. No, not hydrophobic. Uh, Lipophobic. Uh, thank you. <coughs> <coughs> What about using the hydrogen peroxide with water? It Enough,
0: so mess, the mm-hmm. yeah no so it's supposed to work and it's going to be the same thing with like I said the literature said there's nothing superior to water and okay yeah so you can use that too sure. all right so second thing is epitaxis anyone have anything that you can do with epitaxis what are you gonna do with that okay <laughs> How do you guys treat epitaxis in the ED? Rhino locket. That's like the first. Is your first line is no. rhino locket? Pressure. 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 Pressure is the first line. Ice. Afrin. 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 Ice. Afrin. <laughs> <laughs> Cocaine. Cocaine. <laughs> coterie. Silver nitrate. Silver nitrate. Okay, good. So you guys oh, know, know some. And all you said are correct. Normally, they recommend to do it stepwise. So basically, first, well, first, as we are ER, so if it's not crazy bleeding, so if it's crazy bleeding, then you resuscitate the patient. If not, then um, you can do direct pressure. But one thing that I would like to focus on is nasal preparation, which is part of you guys were talking about. Anyone have some idea what the nasal preparation mean or what are we doing with this step? Yeah, clearing out everything. Yeah, you're clearing out everything basically. And it's been proved that if you do this step, sometimes it's actually majority of the time it stops the bleeding with the direct pressure. You don't need to go to like nasal packing. So the nasal preparation is first you have the patient sit up, blow everything out, right? So then you hope that you can see the side bleeding. If not, then you can use all this. Either one. So you can try efferin, you can use lead, you can use Four percent lidocaine spray, lidocaine with epi is one to one solution. You can use um, topical cocaine, like you mentioned. So you grab some cottons or some gauze, soak it in. It the, nose, the patient blow out all the clots and everything. Pluck it in, leave it for like ten to fifteen minutes, and then after that you go and check on the patient. So this will cause vasoconstriction, as you know, as as it's going to stop the bleeding. For the, the lidocaine with epi, is that? Like, could we just use the lighting of that being one percent that we have? Uh, yes, you can. hmm Yes, you can. So, are you putting?
2: saying put direct pressure in addition Project to this, or do this first
0: before you put direct pressure, or vice versa? So, um, <coughs> if the vice So, if the patient already do the direct pressure and is still bleeding, then you have them blow. Then you need to make sure you have them blow everything out first, and then put this in packet, and then wait for like fifteen minutes and go back and check on them.
2: If, if it stopped bleeding spontaneously, you wouldn't blow it out. you
0: just leave it. Right. <laughs> That's correct. And, and the direct
2: pressure piece is important because <laughs> patients don't know how to do that. They put pressure on their nose or they, if they do it on their nasal LA they did stop yet, did stop yet, it Yeah. Yet, which is So I tell them 10 minutes continuously until your fingers are cramping. So it, it's got to be all the time because I keep looking to see if it's still bleeding. Yes, <laughs> and <laughs> if
0: they put the a patient in like, ED1, I'll just leave the curtain open too so they may walk by I just make sure that they do that. Because mm-hmm. Sorry, quick cool question. For lidocaine with the epi,
1: are you not concerned about like the nasal septum or whatever? Because if you put it on like a cotton ball or something, you stick like, it in their nose and have them apply pressure, would Epi
0: cause some kind so you can put it on the local, it would not cause do you mean like
1: you mean like fingertips, Yeah. Contraindications for
0: yeah. Right. So you're not injecting to the vessels itself. And it's just going to cause a like local vasoconstriction. Oh, uh-huh. When you mentioned about septal, septal perforation, I was thinking about like, like, cauterization. Oh, okay. So I don't know if you want everyone get what Dina was concerned about. If you inject like um, lidocaine with FB, when you try to repair lax at the <laughs> distal end, um, artery, you know, like the tip of the fingers or the tip of the nose, those can cause um, necrosis of the skin and other tissues.
1: The literature says that that's not true. Like the fingers, nose, nose those. It's not true. You don't need the first
0: one.
2: It's not before But don't do it. <laughs> they have a, the a lot chair. of work on
1: fingertips. They're like stabbing themselves accidentally because you're yeah, supposed to flip it over and people go, oh, yeah. and then stab their finger and they never get an approximation.
2: So. I had a next door neighbor who was a surgeon who knocked on my door when evening she auto injected herself in her fingertip and was just sort of really concerned. So I wasn't sure what was going to happen to her, so I didn't want to just say, just go home, and worry about it. <laughs> so I said, Sherry, sure, you go to the ER, maybe I'll inject with phentolamine or something
1: or just watch it. And they went in and by the time they came in it was already getting better. They watched her for an hour, and they did nothing, and then she Yeah, because yeah, I think you'd have to have like no blood flow for something like twenty minutes before you had necrosis mm-hmm. and a half like that. It's way shorter than that.
0: Mm-hmm. Still don't do it. Okay. I it was a
1: concentration.
0: All right. So the point I was to make for this one is effective nasal preparation before you guys jump to Right, no rocket. You know, every time they're like, oh, let's just entry. a pack them, let's just entry. a pack them. Cauterize, has anyone ever cauterized? Yes. The bridges? Anyone wants to share some experience? Someone oh, said, someone said it. yes. It didn't feel too good, but
1: works.
0: Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you use the electri- electric one, or you use this, this um, silver nitrate one? Okay. What would be the contraindications, or like relative contraindications for cauterization in this? Some kind of history that you might want to concern about. Cocaine use, cocaine use, especially when they when they do it by the nose, Um, and make sure you cauterize only one side of the septum. Even though if it's bleed from both sides, just if you're gonna cauterize just one and then let the other one, you know, pack it or do something else. And after the bleeding stopped, they will recommend for you to observe the patient at least 15 to 30 minutes. You can do more than that if the bleeding is so severe, but. No need to stay at the line the department. And, um, we. So, what would you do if the patient that you pack, you do like a Rhino rocket, and then in the morning and then in the evening come back and it's bleeding, oozing around it? How'd you do? You said you put a Rhino rocket in. And then they come back, they're still bleeding, like leaking around the, the packing. Have we tried the cocaine and the something I yet? So you take the right and lock it out, and then you, so you're gonna try the nasal preparation, good. Okay, is there anything else you could fix or what could causing that? So you wanna try a couple of things. Once you put the, I assume that once you decide to put the anterior packing in, that means you try everything, you know, you try everything else, you direct pressure it, your nasal preparation it, pack it, still bleeding, cauterize it, still bleeding, so you put the anterior nasal pack in. If the patient come back, because it's bleeding around it, you can try to reinflate the balloons. Majority of the time is, you know, the balloon is not inflating or is burst, or whatever some kind of trauma it is. You can, try, you can check that balloon before you call ENT, like we put the anterior packaging in, and it's still bleeding. So check the balloon, or um, like you said before, that you can try to pack it with a vasoconstrictor and see if it helps. Foreign body removal, favorite part. Can anyone guess which organ is this? It's the ear. Is it ear? Are you sure? No, it's it looks like a nose. Is it ear? Um, <laughs> all right. Who? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You think that will help with the foreign body right removal?
1: Right here. Right here. Yeah. <laughs> this one help. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what kind of object that you would use for?
1: Um, what type of object?
0: Yeah. What kind of object that you would use to grab it? Something out something like yeah, bug. bugs. okay, bugs. Yeah, something that's soft, right? Gunner. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> Cut your ball, guys. And then I have a I have a patient that I remember I admit her. She's HIV, and I admit her for um, mastoiditis. She got treated for both mastoiditis and otitis media, and then she returned three days later in the ED, said that she cannot hear from her right ear, which the affected ear, and then I look into it and I'm like, "Wow, there's something in there." Do you know whether the doctor did anything when you were in the hospital? No, 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 didn't do anything. Do you know if they put anything in your ears when you were in the hospital? No, 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 no. So I'm like, okay, she's even compromised. You know, the the simple, oh, that is external, could turn into you know some serious, crazy fungal infections. I'm like, all right, let's get that alligator forceps and then grab it out. So I got out the earwit with, you know, like a round thing, that ENT plug-in for, antibi- for the antibiotics. Then <laughs> the patient said, now I can hear. <laughs> so, oh, sorry. sorry. Okay. It's just a bad story that if we just informed the patient more, she would not have to come to the emergency room. How
1: did she
0: know that? It might be some of the language barrier. She's a Spanish speaker. Um. All right, so that one will help with the removing stuff from the ear. Who else? W- anything else? So this is a cotton ball. So that will be perfect for your alligator forceps. And just so you guys know, this, is, this one is disposable. We do have it in our resident room up in, a con- in the cabinet. If you cannot find this one, doesn't mean that I stole it, but you can, <laughs> you can ask the tech to get it from like, um, the uh, like, uh, supply room as well. What would you do with this one? Yeah, know, the kill the the it first. How you kill it? Lidocaine. cane. letter work. Mineral oil work. Someone has mineral
1: uh,
0: oil. <laughs> 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 Anyhow, oil work. And you know what's interesting, Karen? The one that you have there. Oh. That works too. <laughs> So any alcohol will kill. So anything, basically, any kind of fluid or any no. oil. Okay. No opening. <laughs> so you can just pour it in. Make sure that make sure that you kind of manipulate the takers a little bit so the fluid actually go inside, not just like bugging up outside. So then it'll kill the the bugs before you remove it, right? And then after that, you can use that faucet do to remove it. You like what about this? Mm-hmm. Do
1: you like uh pour it in, like squirt it in, there?
0: Like you, get that sort of <laughs> you just pour it in, but you don't want to like push it. it yeah, it, it does not have to be, the pressure doesn't matter. So it doesn't have to be fast and anything, it's just, it, it just, it just rounds the So this is the beats in the nose. How do you remove this one?
1: Like a little thing that has a foley, like a little balloon on the end of it. Well, Does it sound familiar? <laughs> what do you get? Foleys.
0: Yeah. yeah. Mom blows you have the mom's
1: mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and tell her there's going
0: to be is in the Ear. Oh, Sorry, this is in the yeah, ear. So, this is in the ear. No, it's in ear. an ear. Oh, yeah. So, this one is in the ear. So, you can use a small, like the kids' foley, yeah. the pediatric one. It's very small, and the tip is very, like, Small. So if you can manage to pass that and then you blow up like a one cc of the air in it and then you pull it out or even less, it's been on how big a snare is and then you pull it out. So that's quite um, simple. The other trick that you can do is I think someone have like super glue. And you actually got the, it pair correctly, Randy. So you just put some super glue on there, the big tip, and then let it dry and then pull it out. Yeah, so you want to put it on and then you just, yeah. So, your head has to be very stable. Just, there's one
2: point about all of this stuff. Unlike the nose, where there can be some things in there that really are somewhat a uh, real threat to the patient that you just can't leave there, very few things right. people put in their ears are actually an immediate threat. So, don't let the cure be worse than the disease. So, as tempting as these are to go for, and there are those that you can get out, and it's reasonable to consider it. Um, also, it's perfectly acceptable to say, you know, uh, there is no immediate issue here. We'll set you up with an ENT appointment and they can fish it out. They have microscopes and all kinds of different tools and more time. Much easier to do that than giving ketamine to a two year old. Going in there, beating up the ear canal, causing bleeding, hemorrhage, clot, and now you can't even find the damn thing anymore. Or worse, shoving it through the TM and into the middle of the ear. Lots of bad things have happened to emergency physicians over the year, going after foreign bodies. And retrospectively, uh, <clears throat> it's hard to justify because the vast majority of them, even a bug, if you kill the bug, bug stop swimming around, the patient's okay. What makes the patient absolutely nuts is the thing crawling around. So if you kill the bug, you don't necessarily have to get it out. So just Keep in mind, unlike foreign bodies in other places, like the nose, where you really do have to sometimes go and chase them, this one, most of the time, if you can't easily get it out, it's probably better just to pass and let somebody else go for it.
1: I've perforated a TM. I've you know, searched for foreign bodies in so in you know, a little child the So I totally agree with Dr. Schultz. And then, if you get one of these patients, patients with a cockroach in the ear, I know it's not an emergency, but to a patient, it looks like something's moving in brain. Just get them back there really quickly, even in triage. Put, put a whole bunch of viscous lidocaine in their ear, and then you can take your time and take yeah. it out or not, as long as it's not moving. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, um, so don't go crazy, although. I think it's a fun top, but Alisa, uh, what you have? is a magnet that Pictures if you,
2: magnet. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually <laughs> the pacemaker magnet.
0: So if you um, put it tied together with the forceps and then um, you can use that as like a magnet to kind of pull out the, the metal foreign body, in ear in nose. <Nice>.
1: San Francisco General, uh, Dr. Lynn, who has a kind of case series on stuff on how to do these little procedures, you can actually get this thing from Home Depot. Some mechanics have it. You know when you drop yeah. out a screw, way back where, and it's a magnetized mm-hmm. little pickup device? Mm-hmm. So you can power it with that magnet so you get a little more juice on it, and then you can stick it in there if it's metallic. And it will go. come out. I've never done it, but it looked very simple on her yeah. diagram.
0: Yeah. Yeah couple things that you want to remove right away, or if you cannot get it out, then you want someone to help you remove it right away, is the disc and um, button battery. Because, this battery? Oh, this battery. Mm-hmm. Because those will have the alkalis and then it will discharge inside the ear and causing complications. What about a nose? So someone mentioned mom, <laughs> which is good. Okay, anything else we can do? Passifolies. Oh yes, I'm sorry, I think I missed. Yeah, I think I misspoken about that ear things. Yes, so you can passifolies. Well first, you can use the vasoconstricting agents to kind of decrease the swelling into the into the nasal, into the nares. Um, Beamsley blaster technique is basically it's fancy, it's basically you can use one of the um, oxygen tube, yeah, and then you connect it to the wall, the oxygen outlet wall, and then you can use one of these um, adapter, it's like a milk to adapter things, and then it creates positive pressure, you put it right on the nair that does not have foreign body, and then, it's kinda like mom doing it, but this mom not doing it, then you can put this positive pressure inside, and then it will pop out the other way. Um, Super so is the same thing that we were just talking about. The same technique and um, small folies. I did the small folie once when I was in Thailand. It was it was pretty good. It was very helpful, and the kit was not, you know, it was not like painful that much painful procedures. Just make sure you don't like blow up a blue, like five cc or something. <laughs> same thing is um, if it's button batteries, you want to remove it right away. If there's a earring magnet that you know, kid put it in both sides and it is caught, it's caught is. Stuck in the middle, so that can cause like a septal necrosis. So you also want to remove it right away as well. So knowledge instrument in the uncovered patient, and um, it's so funny. But if you see like they put beans in their nose or their ears, <laughs> don't put the water in there it's swollen, and it just made more difficult to get out. Use um, alligator ligature forceps for the soft and winchy thing.
1: <laughs>
0: Ivan is pretty <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. There's,
2: there's, one the there's something that's got to come out of the nose because you're afraid either it's going to cause some sort of uh, destructive lesion like a battery or there's a real risk for aspiration, especially in a small child. Uh, you're going to have to do conscious sedation. You're going to have to put them down with ketamine. But if you do that, you, it's a two person procedure. But if you get a Fogarty catheter, a number five Fogarty catheter, works really well because it turns out the shape of the nares going straight back is a triangle. It's not a sphere. It's a triangle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So at the very apex of that triangle is open space. So regardless of the shape of the foreign body, it rarely completely includes the apex of the triangle. Right. And number five Foley catheter is so tiny, it will actually fe- be able to be threaded past the obstruction in the vast majority of mesoformes bodies. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it, it does take two people. You have one person with a speculum holding the nose open and guiding under direct vision. The tip of the foley cap- catheter, the foley catheter, past the obstruction. And when you are holding it there, a second person Sensor has to stand ball. behind you, inflate the balloon, and then pull it out. But with those two people, you can get almost anything out of the nose because of that unique anatomy feature. Mm-hmm. Something to keep in mind, if there's a foreign body that has to come out, you've got a very uncooperative child, so you ketaminize them with this to sort of protect their airway. And then you
0: can go ahead and do this for have done this a bunch of times in the ED works really well. Mm-hmm. And um the the symptoms for the shots with the foreign body in the nose, just so you guys keep in mind is it could be a chronic nasal discharge from one or two nails. So one thing to keep in mind. It's not just like oh URI or you know. Mm-hmm. All right, lab repair. So this is um we are on like H E N T kinda so I'm just going to talk about tongue laceration. This laceration, who said fix it? suture
1: it's it's Is it
0: through? No, it's not through and through.
1: It's oh, okay. Huh? It's or is it?
0: It's exactly what it, it does and it's not actively heavy bleeding right now. Good question.
1: You're 100% there it's not through the bottom.
0: Yes, it's not true about him. bottom. How far
1: down is it? Is it pretty superficial?
0: I think it is superficial. How about this one?
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: probably not so big Probable? Possibly? Yes. yes. How yes. about this one? Yes. 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 Yes.
1: Yes. 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 Yes.
0: What about that one?
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. oh. yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yes.
0: Okay, so the guideline, like when to close the laceration, because I think you all know that the, any lesion in the mouth is healed pretty well, um, and it's already r- dirty. So some guideline is if the laceration is big, that means it's more than one to two centimeters, or it's a large gaping wounds. You know, it's like this picture, because you don't want, you don't want any foot to stuck in there, and it will cause more, or induce infection more, or if the wood requiring some hemostasis, like this one that's actively bleeding, or this one, then you might want to just close it. You don't have to like close it nicely, but like you do on the face. You want to close it loosely and not leave it. A, it doesn't have to be like every five millimeter suture thing. So. So this one you might not have to fix it. Other is long, but it seems like it's not gaping, and you know it's kind of almost in place. Um, this one fix this because it's bleeding. This one you want to fix because it's bleeding as well, and this one is gaping wound, so you want to f- put it really together. The second one that's got the really funky shape, that doesn't look that deep. So that one I'll ask the patient to kind like stick out their tongue if it's more like open, and then it has some space like gaping inside, and I'll fix it. So then when they chew, the food is not get inside. For the small laceration or is not giving, you don't really have to fix it. So, you have a patient with a tongue laceration. How are you going to provide them the anesthesia? Viscous lidocaine. Viscous lidocaine, okay. What if it's like this big?
1: 1% (laughs)
0: lidocaine. Inject inject where? To To the lesion. You can do a block. Yeah. What nerve? Inferior VLR. Inferior VLR. Yeah, I have a case the other day. So, um have anyone done inferior VLR nerve block? Oh, good. Dina, would you like to explain? <laughs> oh, um, well, you're going to try to find where their second to third molar is, depending on whether they have one or not. And then you can kind
1: of feel the edge <laughs> of the body. <animal. laughs> the molar is, and you
0: kind of inject more laterally than medially because you're trying to miss the artery. the artery. Yeah. So basically, what you're going to go, you're going to feel this ridge. Like, if you, in private, if you put your finger into your mouth, and then you try to feel the ridge on the back here, and then um, you're going to aim the needle. So you're going to come from across premolar over here, and then you're going to aim the needle about one centimeters above this occlusion plane. So it's one centimeter above the molar, up here, and you're gonna aim at the ridge. But when, when you hit the bone, then you can go a little bit more medial, actually, to get to the nerve. Yeah. And you can use, sometimes, when I, uh, when I was a resident, and we have dental clinic open in the morning, like the patient will come during the night for like dental pain, dental abscess, that they wait to see the physician in the morning, like the dental dentist in the morning. Sometimes we do this block, just to help with the pain. And you don't have to prescribe them anything more to go home with. And you can use not just lidocaine, you can use something longer like, um, um, sorry, like a, yeah, bupivacaine, yeah. So next time, if I ask you guys to do it, do you guys know how to do it? What is this organ? Oh, you guys are good, I couldn't guess. So when can we fix the ear laceration? Ever? Never? <laughs> which kind of laceration that we can fix? Simple ones. So the one that not involve cartilage, which is going to be very limited because the, this whole thing is cartilage, right? Leo's talking about earlobe, so the one that's simple is not through and through, and it's not cut at the edge of the earlobe because you want to get it good approximate over here. So if if there's any cut between the end, the edge of it, you want to get plastic surgery or ENT involved to help fix it. So these are the ones that we should not fix or tr- even attempt. So if it's avulsion of the ear or is it involved ex- external auditory canal? Is there any evidence of skull fracture with it? Or if it's um, involved in the middle ear or deeper injury? Or even if it's this? You know, s- might seem simple. It might tend to like the patient come in. It's chronic, sweet yellow for from like uh, earrings wearing, but you should not fix it because it's going to cause deformity. So it's just a cosmetic thing? Yes, like a
1: cosmetic for, reason, for the cosmetic
0: thing. So this one, you can refer them to have like ENT fixes. This is going to require emergent ENT to to involve. Why does, How do you
1: Why m- the external just
0: because we can't do it, or? So it is involved external auditory canal, It's actually inside. So you don't All want to, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not a pinna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you do the, how do you provide the anesthesia for the ear? Just block Yeah, so you block it, right? Anyone can guess how many nerves there is supply to ears? Pinna, basically. Just the PINA. Itself. Three, four. Four. So it's great, greater auricular, laser auricular, vagus, one of the branches of vagus nerve, and one of the auricular temporal nerve. So basically what you can do is you can go, so you're going to go above like where the junction of the pinna and the scalp is, and then you're going to go over here, and then you go like a triangle, triangular, like triangular injection, and then you can do it the same thing from the bottom here. So this will block the whole pinna, and you can fix it.
2: It doesn't block the
0: internal canal. No, it's, that's not. Yes. So it's just outside here. All right. Huntington What do you guys think about this one? Bacterial, viral, something else? Would you give antibiotics for this one? No. No. <laughs> I think I would. Maybe I'm not that much experienced, but I think I would. If this discharge the look like just that they're all viral anyway. So
1: mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> 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 and this one as a
0: picture said, this one is actually supposed to be viral hunter dividers. So sometimes it's difficult to differentiate. Um it's going to be depends on how good a patient can follow up in our population. Sometimes you might want to like empiric treat it and then have them come back and follow up if it's possible. Or you can do like wait and see see if it's worse. What about this one? No. no antibiotics. This one is actually allergic conjunctivitis. You can see this like a cobblestone. So bacterial conjunctivitis, you can give siloxan or like polytrim. This is like the kind of basic antibiotics thing. Viral, no need for antiviral. You can wait and see, or you can have you can prescribe the antibiotics and then to just get over with it and then it'll be gone. No matter what, allergic, you can give them something for pain, um, and you can also prescribe oral antihistamine that will help with the conjunctivitis, the allergic conjunctivitis as well. What about patient wearing contact lens? What would you give? Yeah, moxifloxacin. So it's like a fourth generation of fluoroquinolone. So we don't use the ophthalmic neomycin because this will cause irritation to the eye itself. So that one antibiotic that you should not be using. Do not patch the eye, there's no benefit of it. And it's actually, if you have conjunctivitis, if it's bacterial, sometimes patients patch the eye and they don't, they didn't open it, they don't observe it, and it can get worse without they knowing what's, you know, if it's getting worse. So don't patch the eye. Not necessarily have to do eye culture doesn't help. If you're going to start a patient on steroids eye drop, just make sure that you have opto follow up for the patient. Never ever start on steroids and then let them go somewhere else. Not follow up. Why though? What steroid eye drop can cause? Herpes keratitis. Herpes yeah. I'm sorry? It can also okay, cause like. A-
1: we're seeing the infection.
0: Once you in infection, it also can cause like glaucoma, it also can induce like cardiac as well. So those are complications. And sometimes it can be like not acute, it could be like a long term. But if you're gonna start a patient on steroids for any con- any indication, have them follow the up though. To make sure those complications is not is is not a problem. For anybody in the eyes, who got some stuff for the for anybody in the eyes? Somebody has a needle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah how are you going to do with that? Market lens. Um,
1: basically, just it's like a big contact lens that you put on their eye and you hook it up to a bag of saline and just hang it and let her flow.
0: So, you can irrigate it or you can hook it up. Suction it too. Yes, oh, you can hook it up with a the, with the syringe, with the syringe, and then you can suction it out. So, it will be like a negative pressure and bring the contact lens out. Get
1: some kids' hard contacts off that way. And then, uh, like, is it okay if I beat
0: his ass when I go home? <laughs> 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 oh boy. I was like, uh, do I report this? <laughs> <laughs> if you can, I guess. <laughs> All right, I know how you guys feel comfortable with, with um, flipping the upper eyelids. Ever done one? Mm-hmm. Yes, no? Yeah. Q-tip. Yes, so use a Q-tip. On the, the wooden part and then flip it out, the whole tassel plate. And then you can use a kill tip, make sure it's wet though to take this foreign body out. So that will come the eighteen I'm sorry, Karen. The eighteen gauge that you can use to kinda get it out.
1: So how do you know like that it's not like has it hasn't it, like penetrated into the globe? That's what I always wonder like how do you so first what you have like to camp an audience <laughs> preventing the like uh. Um from
0: I would that. not say you can tell much from the from the exam. Um the history that how it get in there is quite it's more important. You know, if the mechanism it sounds like it then
1: like, you, what was that? Like and how do you get it out? Was it eighty you like dig it out or yeah. All right. Lee, you want to explain <laughs> that? You, know, like, you take the tip <laughs> of the needle uh-huh. and you like, and curve it back and then so you have like a little scoop and then you uh-huh. kinda just Yes, yeah, so you're going
0: to use, slit lamp. Yeah, you can not. do it under the slit lamp, um, although make sure that the chair is sitting up so the patient has kind of rest, and then when you do it you're going to rest your hand on the patient's face, so you have more control of your fingers, and with the 18 gauge, this like a, this slant one, right, so you're gonna use the, just the tip of it, how do I explain it, and then go. So like if it's like stuck over here, and then you're gonna use like your 18 gauge, which is the and it's like kind of like this, right? Uh-huh. So you're gonna your 18 gauge is gonna go yeah. like that, and then you're gonna use just a tip of it, just kind of like, like
1: sk- Yeah. Right. Yes. TB sir- syringes would also you can use it bend it nine degrees, and that way, you know, if you did per the eye, the hole's going be small. 18 gauge near an eye is gonna be a big hard in the eye. Yes.
0: yes. That's
1: a good technique. TV syringe is a 27, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. so handle. So you bend it on a 9 degree angle and then you actually hold it. Especially if you actually, actually stab it, it go to the side, it wouldn't go in. so actually it's a lot safer to scoop it outward in this plane. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Everyone yeah. hears that? Guys? Yeah. So, Dr. Reagan. Dr. Reagan, can you say it one more time?
1: Sure. You, what you can do is you can use a TV syringe or any syringe has got a handle, basically, but a really small gauge, bend it nine, 90 degrees and then you just rest your hand on their face and just slip it and watch it come into the plane and then basically just scoop it out. And your and your actual force is going in a circular motion, that should go away from the eye as you pull it outward. I'm using
0: it like an angiotap, and the out, trying to suck it. Usually yeah. it's embedded, usually it de- I hate somewhere to say
1: dig, but usually you kind of you go right there and knock it out and kind of grabs it a little bit too. Mm-hmm. you got a corneal defect, and say that the form body did even yeah even when ophthalmologists take this out they cause corneal injury so Yes. that's what happens corneal yes. abrasion <laughs>
0: right right so so normally they recommend it, after you remove the foreign bodies then you want to treat them as eyes nice. so when you remove the foreign bodies you want to treat the eyes as is corneal yeah corneal abrasion. Mhm. <laughs> and then this is what um, Wes was talking about: contact lens in the eyes. Sometimes it might be difficult for the patient to get it out. So you can use that Morgan lens to take it out. Some I don't know. Some ED has like this kind of like a look like a forceps thing that you can keep it out, bring it out as well. Not the metal one. They have like kind of like a paper one.
1: Yes. Going back to the rest ring or to the metal thing, which can form or, or a rest ring. There is unless you get the whole thing out. Usually, burr over opto to get this thing out. There was talk about us using burrs at one time. I've never seen one used. I'm not sure if the older guys here have used burrs in the past, but I think that's opco's you not ours. mm
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. If you have, if you removing this foreign body and there's some staining also still that you, know, you cannot get it out, then you have the patient follow up tomorrow, just so then opto can clean it more. The retain of these materials actually can causing some defect on the cornea, so that's why the patient should be follow up with the opto tomorrow, like the day after, sorry, tomorrow. So, like Dr. Landoff mentioned before, if the disease is on the cornea, the pain should go away with the paper cane eye drop, so you can help the patient with that. Make sure you irrigate the eye after you remove the foreign body, just to make sure. And then you treat it as a. I'm sorry, that's a corneal abrasion. I think I'm gonna stop here. No. Nasal fracture. Okay, one, two more slides. (laughs) Nasal fractures. um, How how good is this for the X-ray? Has anyone ever seen one? (laughs)
1: Probably
0: not Yeah. So and I have to admit, and my, it's probably a bad practice. The only time that I did it is for a child, not a child, like 14-year-old boy playing football and then have like, this tender and look a little bit crooking. And then the dad, like, well, how do you know it's broken? I need some kind of imaging. I'm like, I'm not going to send you for the CAT scan. So I'm, I'm, like, like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm negotiating to do this one. You though know, it does not help that much in terms of Treatment management or like diagnosis. Nasal fracture is a clinical diagnosis. You reduce it. Yes. Yes. I one I really I want to, it just looks so crackly and juicy. <laughs> <laughs> so, if there is any obvious deformity, you can try to reduce it. Although i never done one, I normally, I'm lucky enough to have like um, ENT or um, face consult in-house. With the obvious deformity, if it's happened within three hours of injury, you can try to reduce it right then, if the swelling is not that bad. Is that simple? <laughs> no, I'm
2: just saying that the, these tough guys do it themselves.
0: <sighs> Probably better. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: like this, hmm? it's
0: like a yeah, I think that why yeah. we have just do that. But when you when you look into the book, how ENT or like facial like uh, plastic surgery do it, they always have their tools that they can adjust. They go inside the nose and then they adjust it. So and then they explain it after that. So if the injury is less than three hours then you can try to reduce it. What if, what if you, de- you really don't want to do it? So in a doubt, if it's more than, you can delay it for six to 10 days. So the patient injured today, you tell you know, and it's deformity, not actively bleeding, you can have them follow up with ENT or plastic surgery in seven days, and that should be just fine. This will not, will not complicate any kind of healing, or the bone has not set yet, so they can still reduce it in the clinic.
1: If it's a kid, do you like, you know, move non to get this kid to a pediatric plastic surgeon, or do you do it yourself?
0: No, this is a kid. I actually tend not to do it, but you can wait a little bit less. So it's already three to seven days for kids because the bone is formed faster. (laughs) This one you guys probably know. Diagnosis. No. Wait, someone. I said no. Someone say something else. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs>
1: said
0: iritis, I right Iritis? That would be yes. Oh. So, this is a sinecure that you guys just saw the other hours, right? And this is what he said is a silly flush. You is like the redness around? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, this is pretty, pretty, pretty pathognomonic um, for the. Andrea is or I Which one has the, uh, limbic
1: sparing:
0: That I don't know. Is it Kawasaki?:
2: uh, Randy was asking
0: which one has limbic sparing, and I do not know. And then Austin said, Kawasaki." So this is a seven flares. This is polycells, not much of flare. You were asking what, where was the flare, so if you compare, it is more dark than the other yes. picture. Treatment? I'm, the cause. I'm sorry. You the underlying cause, which is correct, but don't forget that there is actually not essential worker for the first-time diagnosis. Um, answer still, as with opto consult, <laughs> yeah. so this patient, you want them to follow up after like the day after. No letter in that. Questions for Cherise? Three questions for oh, yes. oh, No, okay. no, no, we're not for Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're
1: gonna, only people at home are going to answer them, so here we're going to do mental answers.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay.
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> Big, big, big. That's